everybody, this is Jim. And Jeremy. And we are on show 32, and this is part two of Forgotten Bands. We're going to each cover two bands. It's a lot of twos there, Jim. Yeah, that you may not have heard of. Maybe you have. And these are bands from the 1970s, so a good 50-some years ago. And we have two beers, too. Oh, yeah, and we have two more beers here. <laughs> we keep drinking here. The twos. I mentioned this brewery in the last podcast, Cape May, one of my favorite breweries uh, in New Jersey. And this is a purple grape shandy. And it's the perp. The perp. And it says, a mature twist on your childhood favorite juice. <laughs> and it's got a little uh, grape octopus on here okay we're gonna so this might be the purple people eater right here yeah that's Oops. what the logo is Put it in the room. and it's not purple i'm disappointed nah. why is it not purple it looks like the first beer that we drank yeah. the last time. <laughs> yeah it's a little light it's like a jellyfish wait a little bit here. picture <laughs> yeah of. oh jellyfish yeah yeah purple people eating jellyfish okay i like that i like grape Oh, I can smell the grape. It tastes like a grape, like sweet tart. This is like something Magilla Gorilla would eat, drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like a grape. Remember sweet tarts? I do remember sweet That's tarts. That's what it tastes like to me. This is very, very sweet. Yeah. This, 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 ladies would enjoy this, and it's a mm. type of beer that could get you in trouble, because it's very sweet, and it mm-hmm. doesn't... It's 5%. I was going to say, I don't taste a lot of alcohol in here. So yeah. not in like a bad way, but it's a very enjoyable beer. You can mm-hmm. get in trouble drinking too much of this. That's probably a good summer summer brew. Yeah. It's like a shock tart or a sweet tart, mm-hmm. like you said. Yep. Interesting. Hey, we got two lists here. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the bands, we're doing something a little new here. These are concerts coming up in September. And... I'm going to tell you about concerts in New Jersey. That's in two months. Well, when you hear this, it's going to be in a month. Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to do New Jersey because that's where we are. And Jeremy's going to do Pennsylvania because that's where he lives. And we got to do two. Sorry, we can't do every state. I know we have listeners. We have listeners in France. All over the world. Yes. England. Absolutely. Romania. All over. Australia, even. Call us. Shout out to Australia. <laughs> Good day, mates. <laughs> I want to know if people in Australia know where New Jersey is. United States. I don't know. But that's where we are right now. There's, you know, there's a lot of people in the United States that probably don't know where New Jersey is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start with New Jersey concerts. We got September 2nd, Ben Folds. Not five, but just Ben Folds. He is in Red Bank, New Jersey. I prefer to hit, but... At the Hackensack Meridian Health Theater <laughs> at the Count Basie Center. Okay, Jeez. get your tickets now, <laughs> September 2nd. We got the Scorpions, yes. or Scorpions, at Borgata. That's in Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's September 5th. That's a Monday. Might have to take off Tuesday. That one I'll keep on my radar. We've got Crowded House. Remember them? No. They are also at the Count Basie Center in Red Bank, September 8th. That's a Thursday. September 9th, we got Tom Jones, Atlantic City, Borgata, September 9th. 
And actually, I'm going to see Tom Jones, believe it or not, in Sweden. So I'm going to be gone for a little while. And maybe I'll let you know how that goes. We've got Jerry Seinfeld, September 9th, at the Mayo Performing Arts Center in Morristown, New Jersey. That's a Friday. That's doable. I've seen Jerry. We've got Pearl Jam. Waterfront Music Pavilion in Camden. I've seen them. uh, Yes, I saw them there. Believe it or not, I want to say it was in 2000. I saw them. 22 years ago. Wow. I saw them at Wrigley Field, um, back-to-back nights, actually. Mm-hmm. And of the 33 songs they did the first night and the 34 songs they did the second night, I believe they only repeated six, which yeah, was, was the hits. But Yeah, I was telling Jeremy uh, earlier, uh, I saw Dave Matthews in Camden, probably at the same place, two nights in a row, and they did not repeat a song. So anyway, that's September 14th. That's a Wednesday. We've got the Robert Cray Band. I like them. Mayo Performing Center, Art Center in Marstown, September 16th. That's a Friday. We've got a band from the 80s. I don't know if you know this band, Jeremy. Heaven 17. No, I don't. They are, now they're at the Vogel at Count Basie Center. So it sounds like they have a couple different uh, concert places there in Red Bank. September 17th, Saturday. Got a couple more here. Ringo Starr, he is at the Mark G. Edis. Can they come up with longer names? Mark G. Edis Arena at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. That's Saturday, September 24th. Sure, tickets may still be available. Check that out. This is a newer band that I just got into called Fontaine's DC. They are at the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park. I've been to Asbury Park. I've been to the Stone Pony. Uh, what other place I've been? I don't think I've been to the Saint, but I I don't think I've been to the Wonder Bar. Anyway, Wednesday, October fifth, we've got now. This is Jeremy's mom's favorite band. Oh yeah, Hall and Oates. They are also at the Mark G. Edis Arena at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Atlantic City, October seventh. So we're into October now. That's a Friday night, right? That's a Friday. Okay. I might so, actually take my mom to that one, yeah. but we'll see. I'm trying. Oh, and Fontaine's DC, if I didn't say it was October 5th. So that Jeremy, what do you got for Pennsylvania? Well, for Pennsylvania, there is a shitload of <laughs> shows, but we'll touch on just some of the okay. some of the big ones here. Got the Red Hot Chili Peppers with the Strokes and Thundercat. That's at Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Got the Ocean Blue. Wait, when is that? Uh, September 3rd. Sorry. I will be there. Saturday, I will be there. Saturday, September 3rd. Wow. I, I will be at that one. I missed the most important part. Yes, I my wanted, wife loves the chili peppers. I wanted Jim and his wife to be there by themselves, so I yeah. strategically forgot to say what day it was. Yeah, I got tickets for my wife for her 50th That's birthday. awesome. You guys are going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Got the Ocean Blue, Saturday, September 3rd as well, at City Winery, Philadelphia. Hopefully, uh, did I highlight that one? What's ocean blue? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Unless you were boxing in the shout chili out, peppers. Shout out to Ocean Blue. <laughs> I don't have no clue. Uh, let's see. We got uh, th- well, this one you and I will be going to together. What? Alice An- Cooper. What? Another yeah. one? Yes. Yes. That will be at the Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Wednesday, September seventh. This one. I- 
I won't be at this particular show, but I will be seeing this band mm-hmm. uh, prior to September. Buck Cherry, September 7th, same night. Jurgles Rhythm Grill, Warrendale, Pennsylvania. And where are you seeing Buck Cherry? I'm seeing them at Penn's Peak. Okay. Ten that min- might be on there. Ten minutes from my house, but it's in July. This uh, is September, oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Okay. Yeah. I will, by the time this airs, I will have already seen Buck Cherry and probably telling you how great the show was. (laughs) VIP tickets. And I'll be telling you about Tom Jones. Yes. (laughs) He got another one highlighted here. I don't know who they are, but Jim might. Chet Faker. What? Chet? What? Is that Chet Baker? Chet Faker. No way. Let me see. (laughs) It's sandwiched between the two. I don't think you have that one highlighted. No. I just had to I, say it. Yeah. Wasn't there a Chet Baker? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so we're giving a random shout out to yeah. Chet Faker. Chet Faker, if you're out there. Theater of the Living Arts yes. in Pennsylvania. But no, the the one that is seriously, realistically highlighted here is Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. Thursday, September 8th. At the TD Pavilion at the Man, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's like an outdoor venue. I've been there. Okay. Not recently. I've never been there. But when you hear pavilion, typically you think outdoors. Mm-hmm. So, yep. good to... I love outdoor shows. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that Dennis D. Young on Friday, September 9th at Wind Creek is not highlighted. So, I'm going to mention okay. the former lead singer of Styx. Uh, what date is that? That is Friday, September 9th. Oh. We can't go to two in one week. No, not at the same place either. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, September 9th, you got Shine Down with Jelly Roll. That's the pavilion at Star Lake, Burgettstown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Also on September 9th. No, wait a minute. Friday. Burgettstown. Isn't that, if I recall correctly, that's where they filmed the Blair Witch? Maybe. Okay. I'm going with it. I don't know. We'll do some research on that later. Okay. We got Marcus King highlighted. Yes. At the I like Met, Marcus King. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is a band I have not heard in forever, but a great selection, Jim. Sunday, September 11th, Tenacious D. Yes. TD Pavilion at the Man. That is Jack Black's band, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. September 13th, Tom Jones, Hershey Theater. Tom gets around. Yeah, and I want to make mention of Wednesday, September 14th, 3.11. Okay. At the Roxian Theater in Pittsburgh. I saw 3.11 open up for The Offspring, and I didn't know a lot of 3.11 songs. I quickly started listening to 3.11 after seeing them live. They were very good. Sounded very good, too. Uh, also Wednesday, September 14th, you got Daughtry. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, live. I like to see Daughtry. Warner Theater in Erie. I've seen him a few times. He's fantastic. I will be at this... No, I will not. Not in Pittsburgh. Sorry. Just kidding. Uh, Friday, September 16th, Elton John at PNC Park. Mm-hmm. I will be seeing Sir Elton in Philly. He's still doing his tour. Farewell I wanted tour. to say End of the Road, but that's Kiss. Yes. Which they'll never see the End of the Road, yep. it seems. <laughs> this is one I think we briefly discussed, not in Pittsburgh, but elsewhere. Um, Eric Clapton, mm-hmm. September 16th. That's a Friday. He'll be at the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. Okay. One of those kind of... That's a long drive for us. For sure. Yeah. I Uh, thought he wasn't performing anymore because of his hearing problem. Yeah. But I guess he is. I thought he was stopping. And then I think... Who's the other one we were discussing discussing that was playing with um, Cheap Trick? I think Eric Clapton has the same problem I have with the ringing in the ear. 
Got it. Yeah, That's sorry, tinnitus or whatever like that. it is. All right. Also Friday, September 16th, Echo and the Bunny Man. Yes. Bunny Men? You know them? I don't know them. Is that a newer band? No. Okay. They're from the 80s. I love that band. Okay. Union. Ian, Ian McCullough, lead singer, England, English, new wave, sort of alternative. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Union transfer in Philly. Man, what a great one. Unfortunately, they're on like their fourth or fifth lead singer at this point, but <laughs> Sunday, September 18th, you got Quiet Riot <laughs> at Jurgles Rhythm Grill, Warrendale, Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. Jurgles Rhythm Grill. <laughs> yes. That sort of... Pl- they play uh, probably pizza parlors and ice cream parlors and stuff. Gotcha. You know? Come on, feel the noise. Yes. Get your jiggles, burgers, <laughs> and fries. <laughs> Just celebrate. Right. Bang your head. <laughs> All right. Friday, September 23rd, we got Andrew W.K. Yes. Theater of the Living Arts in Philly. Party hard. Um, Remember that song? Yes. That was that? Party, party heart, yeah, oh, that's okay. him. Oh, him. I think he's a one-man band, but oh. probably has a band with him, that one. I, I would, is it live? Well, you never know. <laughs> uh, September 23rd, They Might Be Giants, mm-hmm. Mr. Small's Theater, Millvale, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, I saw John Mulaney there, that was an interesting one. Uh, last one of note here, we got Wednesday, September 28th, Post Malone <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I had to put that in there. Yeah. All you Post Malone fans. All you Post Malone fans. The guy with such a soft voice, but just mm-hmm. does not look the part of his voice. I had to laugh because he, he did a Pearl Jam song on Howard Stern recently, Better Man. And I thought it was decent, but when you go on TikTok, all the comments, how he sounds like a goat and how, <laughs> why is he making farm animal noises? You know, stuff like that. The guy had a story, uh, Better Man, uh, his, his brother is in the, was in the service, and he'd go visit, he visited him one time, and they were driving around, and he was playing that song. And you think that his brother like passed away, but even Howard said, oh, did he pass? He's like, no, he's still alive. But it, <laughs> it, it's an emotional song for him. Like It ties him to his brother, and I guess that time period. You know how songs bring back certain memories, certain places, so I thought that was cool. And I... I really think Post Malone is a genuine person. Mm-hmm. I've seen him interviewed. No, I, th- I think he's a good guy. Whether he, I like his music or not, that's debatable. He's but. very interactive with his fans, too. Yeah. yeah. Again, looks can be deceiving sometimes. Mm-hmm. Don't judge a book by its cover. He looks like an intimidating person, yeah, but yeah. he's a very gentle, yeah. kind of passionate, you know. And during COVID, he did this whole Nirvana concert, Yep, which I saw. And I thought that was, I thought it was really good. I did. I think he's a very creative person. Mm -hmm. So check out Post Malone. There you go. Get your tickets today. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'll start out. With, yeah, what are we doing again? I think I forgot. Forgotten bands. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Part two. Jeremy and I each have two more bands. Thanks for coming yeah. back. Yeah. After that folk band. I don't know. Might have lost some listeners. Elf Knight. <laughs> yeah. Elf Call, Elf Knight. Yes. Did you check them out yet? Do it. And that was uh, Still I Span, by the way. Okay. Okay. So my first band is Status Quo. Hmm. Now... I can't say I've ever heard of this band. I vaguely remember this name, but I'm going to tell you that there is a song 
and a very old song that I do know, and uh, that's maybe why I know them. They are an English rock band. They formed in 1962, but the name of the band was not Status Quo in the beginning. But their name, Jeremy, pay attention. No, okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm listening. I'm kidding. So their name was the Scorpions when they first oh. formed. Okay. Yeah. So the band was formed by Francis Rossi and Al- Alan Lancaster at Sedge Hill Comprehensive School in Catford, London, along with classmates Jess Jaworski, keyboards, and Alan Key on drums. So they actually formed, I'm going to say that was probably high school in London. Uh, They were playing cover songs until 1965 when they met a guy by the name of Rick Parfit. He was in a cabaret band called The Highlights, and he soon joined the band. So then they, they changed the name of the band again to The Spectres. And on July 18th, 1966, they signed a five-year deal with Piccadilly Records. And they released two singles that year. Hurdy Gurdy Man, which was written by Alan Lancaster. And it's not the Donovan song. There's another Hurdy Gurdy Man song. Mm-hmm. Who knew that the world needed two Hurdy Gurdy Man songs? But, you know, they decided we need, we need another one. I don't know which one came out first. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And the song... I, who have nothing. And another song the next year, We Ain't Got Nothing Yet. And his song was originally recorded by New York psychedelic band, the Blue Magoos. All three singles failed to make an impact on the charts. Mm. So after a number of lineup changes, uh, the band became Status Quo in 1967. Became, I'm sorry, The Status Quo. And then they changed it to Status Quo. They kept changing it in 1969. So they were The Scorpions, The Spectres, Traffic Jam, The Status Quo, and then Status Quo. Now get, that, that is the key to success. Constant yeah. band name changes. Yeah. Now this is another band, like the, that folk band we talked about, that were big in the UK. They were even bigger than that folk band, by the way. This is going to blow your mind, people. They have had over 60 chart hits in the UK. More than any other rock band in the UK. 22 of these reached the top 10. 22. Wow. They're like the new Beatles here. They're the United Kingdom Beatles. Yeah. 57 reached the top 40. Wow. Status Quo appeared on the BBC's Top of the Pops more than any other band. That was a popular show. I was about to ask what Top of the Pops was. I think it was 60s, 70s. Is that like Great American Bandstand or something? I don't think we got that in the U.S. It might have been even before my time. I was very young. So in July 1985, the band opened Live Aid at Wembley Stadium. Wow. With the song Rockin' All Over the World. Sounds like a Queen song or something. It does. Yeah. They have released over 100 singles and 33 albums. Since reaching number five on the UK albums chart in 1972 with Pile Driver, I guess that's an album. Yeah, album. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Status Quo have achieved a career total of 25 UK top 10 albums, extending all the way up to their most recent release, Backbone, in 2019. All right. Still around. Yeah. Still kicking. In January 68... The group released a psychedelic-flavored Pictures of Matchstick Men. And that's the song that I know. It's a, you know, 60s British invasion, like Herman's Hermits, Paul Revere and the Raiders, 
that line. This song hit the UK singles charts, reaching number seven. Uh, Matchstick Men became the group's only top 40 hit in the United States. That's why I know this. Peaking at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. And even though Status Quo's albums have been released in the United States throughout their career, they never got to the same level of success there as they have in Britain, of course. So after the second album, 1969's Spare Parts, failed commercially, the band abandoned psychedelia and Carnaby Street fashions in favor of hard rock boogie sound and faded denims and t-shirts, an image which was become their trademark throughout the 1970s. In 1986, uh, Status Quo supported Queen on their Magic Tour, and the commercially successful In the Army Now, (laughs) that's not a Village People album, was released. (laughs) That was in the Navy or something. Yeah, in the Navy. (laughs) Was released later that year. Its title track became one of the band's biggest UK singles, reaching number two. So we get it. Okay. UK. Love them. Status Quo. Positive. Probably named a library after him or something. Absolutely. A pub. They maybe. got their own building somewhere. Yeah, the status quo pub. A wing of a hospital, maybe. Something like that. So the early to mid nineties saw falling album sales for the band. Uh to promote the release of the Rock Till You Drop album, which is nineteen ninety one, the band performed four arena gigs in Sheffield, Glasgow, Birmingham, and London in the space of twelve hours earning them a place in the Guinness Book of World Records. Wow. So here we have, talked about Kate Bush. Now we got Status Quo, Guinness Book. (laughs) I didn't know Birmingham, Alabama was so popular. That's uh, London, or England, yeah. (laughs) Rick Parfit, that was the guy that joined the band. He was in the cabaret band. He underwent quadruple bypass surgery in 1997, but he was able to make a full recovery, and Status Quo returned says to Australia in 1997, I guess after this, completing their first tour there since 1978. Uh, the 1970-76 lineup that was Rossi, Parfit, Lancaster, and Coughlin reunited in March 2013 for a series of dates in Manchester and three other cities, <laughs> including London. In 2019, Status Quo were the special guests for Leonard Skinner on the UK Farewell Tour. All right. And on June 14th, 2019, the band announced they were working on Backbone, their 33rd studio album, and the first Status Quo album not to feature Rick Parfit. So in 2020, August, they had to cancel their 40-date Backbone UK and European tour because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And on September 26, 2021, co-founder Alan Lancaster died at the age of 72 following a long battle with multiple sclerosis. Uh, They are currently touring on their out-out-out-out-queuing tour. (laughs) Okay. And get this, they will be in Sweden when I am there (laughs) at the Time to Rock Festival, which I won't be going to. I think it's all heavy metal stuff. Which I'm not really into. But status quo yeah. will be there. Hmm? But status yes, quo yes. will be there. So I found it interesting. In 1968, uh, there's a song called Ice in the Sun. I think it's off their first album. But it could almost be a monkey song. And it reminded me of Monkey's Cuddly Toy, especially that song. But then by 1977, there's a song called Whatever You Want, if you want to check it out. And it's just pure rock and roll. So it's total change within... 
nine years. So here's some songs, other songs to check out. We got Diggin' Burt Bacharach from Heavy Traffic, 2002. Now this is, they, they started to get into blues too. This is, a, this is a cool, slick blues song. Hints of Bob Dylan's subterranean homesick blues in the chorus. I love this album cover from Heavy Traffic. It's a huge elephant in the background. And the band is running away from this elephant. Like it's about to trample them. So that, that song I just told you about, it's a little over two minutes. So it is a short song. Check out the song Rockin' All Over the World, uh, 2015. And it's ELO meets, this is my opinion, meets Leonard, Leonard Skinnerd. The guitar part reminded me of Gimme Two Steps. Okay. A little bit. But also, it's, it's weird for me to say ELO and Leonard but when you listen to it, you'll know it's, what I'm talking about. It's two very <laughs> wide-ranged bands, but both very good bands. So I found that song interesting. Uh, Cut Me Some Slack from Backbone, 2019. Just some great guitar riffs. There's a nice solo in the middle on that one. Spicks and Specs, that's one of the early ones. So that has a, a British invasion you know, sound, bouncy, happy tune. But I'm going to tell you, like I said, the first, you know, the first couple, I don't know, maybe three, four albums are, especially the first two, I think, are totally different. Another band that just decided whether it was because of music that was being played at the time and they went with the times, what other bands were doing, they changed their sound a lot. Then we have Are You Growing Tired of My Love from Spare Parts, 1969, it's the Bee Gees Meet Badfinger. Nice, slow, sappy song. Got some other blues songs here. Spinning Wheel Blues. Uh, Electric Arena. What Those I- are some of the songs that I... Like I said, they've got, what did I say, 33 albums or so. 33 albums, yeah. Check out those songs I mentioned. You'll get kind of a... What we're trying to do here is so you get kind of a feel for the band. You don't have to do the work we've done. Did you listen to all 33 albums? No, okay. no. Did but you pick- some sometimes you'll you'll pick out an album or something, listen to a couple of songs. Like, ah, I don't like that, but I I'm telling you the better songs and the the more the better songs. The songs <laughs> that you enjoy and yeah, <clears throat> the albums that you know you enjoyed. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So my first band here in our you know part two of our forgotten bands, I, I picked this totally randomly off the list, so I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know any music. I didn't know mm-hmm. any songs previously. Is it Poco? Yeah, Poco. Paco? Poco. Poco. Okay. So Poco, (laughs) interesting band because very, very easy to research, but very difficult to research. And (laughs) what I mean by that is they had so many band members. They have three Hall of Famers at some point in the band. Not with Poco, but just Mm -hmm. in general. So that's why they were easy to research, but the, the difficulty was trying to figure out who was in the band with each album you're trying to listen to mm-hmm. because yeah. they had constant turnover. So they're a country rock band originally formed in 1968 after the demise of all things of Buffalo Springfield. Guitarists Richie Ferrey, the Eagles, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, and Jim Messina. Loggins and Messina. They were, they were both former members of Buffalo Springfield and, correct, Loggins and Messina. They were joined by multi-instrumentalist Rusty Young, bassist Randy Meisner, and drummer George Grantham. That was the initial core of mm-hmm. band members. Well, Meisner quit while they were recording the first album, yeah. which was called Picking Up the Pieces. But 
here's how crazy things were for them, I guess. Most of the bass and backing vocal parts that he did were kept in the final recording of the album. Uh (laughs) So he quit midway through, but most of his Mm -hmm. stuff is in there. He was replaced by Timothy B. Schmidt that same year. Eagles. Yep. Messina left when Schmidt replaced Meisner. Messina was replaced by Paul Cotton. That lineup would change as many as 10 times over the next five years. (laughs) With Rusty Young being the only constant member, a reunion of the original founding members occurred in the late 80s, early 90s, and the band has continued in some form through 2021. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that they're officially retired. They were considered retired as of 2013, but they still kept doing shows. However, the consistent member Rusty Young passed away from a heart attack in 2021. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you won't see the original founding member of the band. They released 19 studio albums. The most successful album that they they released was Legend in 1978. Not the one with the horse? That is the one that featured... (laughs) Maybe they all had a horse. The Billboard Hot 100 number 17 and adult contemporary number one hit Crazy Love. Mm -hmm. They are considered one of the founders of Southern... I know all my Yacht Rock. Really? That's considered yeah, right? Okay. 70s ballads? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, they're, <laughs> they're considered one of the founders of the Southern California country rock sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, three of the members are inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they are inducted from other bands. Fury with Buffalo Springfield, Meisner and Schmidt with the Eagles. The band has yet to receive any nominations for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, however, (laughs) so I don't don't think you'll see them going in Mm -hmm. there anytime soon, but the albums that they released, they had, the initial one was Picking Up the Pieces. I thought this was interesting. I've seen it before, but not very often. Their second album was Poco, so the band name was second album. Usually it's like the first. I have the one with the white cover and the horse on it. I don't know what it's called. I'm not sure which one that (laughs) is. They had From the Inside, A Good Feeling to Know, Crazy Eyes, Seven, Can, Can, Cantamos, Head Over Heels, Rose of Kimmerin, Indian Summer, Legend, which I enjoyed Legend. Oh, Under- that's, that's the one I have. Legend? Yeah, that's the <laughs> album. I don't was, know what it was called. That was the, <laughs> so that was the album I enjoyed the most of mm-hmm. the music that I listened to from Poco. Uh, after that was Under the Gun, Blue and Gray, Cowboys and Englishmen, Ghost Town, Enamorata, Legacy, Running Horse, All Fired Up. They also had a really good live album, which was released in 1971 called Deliverin'. It hit number 26 in the US, number 42 in Canada as far as chart live albums. So I definitely appreciated that one quite a bit. A few songs that I enjoyed were You Better Think Twice, Come On, Keep On Trying, Crazy Love, of course, Heart of the Night, Midnight Rain, Under the Gun, Sea of Heartbreak, Shoot for the Moon, and Call It Love. As I said, Legend was probably my favorite album of the ones I listened to. This was another one similar to the Golden Earring that kind of surprised me. I thought I would enjoy it a little bit more than mm-hmm. I did once I saw the members of the band. Yeah. 
um, because I, as a kid, I loved the Eagles. They're one of those bands I don't really listen to anymore. I think mm-hmm. I listen to them too much, so yeah. I'm, I'm sick <laughs> of their music now, but I still appreciate everything they've done. I think you kind of fall into a trap sometimes of seeing members of bands that you enjoy with other bands and not being able to appreciate what they bring to the table mm-hmm. when they're not with their known bands. And I fell into that trap because a lot of the music was softer rock country rock i can take it or leave it mm-hmm. and in a lot of t- in a lot of aspects i don't like to listen to like country rock over and over and over again like even yeah. leonard skinnard i enjoy them more if i hear a couple of songs switch to something else mm-hmm. and then listen to like a yeah. few more songs later mm-hmm. so i just i don't know i wasn't in the mood i couldn't really get into it and the music wasn't bad it was enjoyable but it wasn't it wasn't for me at the time I was trying to listen to it to do the research. So I think Mm -hmm. that killed my impression of the band. And to some extent, I would recommend checking them out, but I would maybe check them out in smaller doses or check out that album legend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Legend was good. I enjoyed it. Go from there. Yes. So that was Mm -hmm. my, my Poco review. (laughs) I just heard an interview with Timothy B. Schmidt on a podcast called rock solid. Okay. Which is a great podcast. A guy named Pat Francis. He's the host. I wouldn't say I'm friends with him, but we have messaged him before and he's helped me out a little bit on some interviews. But Timothy B. Schmidt has a new album out. I don't know what it's called. I didn't know that. I listened to some of it. I like his voice. Might be a little too pure. <laughs> yep. yep. No diss on Timothy B. Schmidt. You know, I think he has a great voice. So that was an interesting interview. I, I like to listen to interviews of people I don't know much about. That's how you learn. Oh, yeah. That's how you find out more. Hey, yeah. we, we have another beer to try. Like when I read, I like to read biographies, especially music people mm-hmm. and people I don't know hardly anything about. Like right now I'm reading a book on Paul McCartney, even though I know. You don't know a lot about him? <laughs> no, I know. I don't know everything, but there's some stories in there that I didn't know. Anyway, we have another beer uh, to try. Yeah, sorry I cut you off there. Now this one. I was recently in North Carolina, around Cornelius area, Charlotte. This is from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I also, I, like I said, I look for beers with interesting names. <laughs> uh, not another New England IPA. Okay. Sort of like, not another New England IPA, right? 15 miles south of New England. <laughs> I don't know how far, but... Okay, this that, one is... Is that green? Oh, no, wait. This is very light. So far... So far, I like the the grape, the shandy. The purple yeah. was delicious. Because that had a lot of flavor to it. Yes, it did. The one we like so far is Cape May Brewing Company. I don't know how far they distribute. I mean, I live in New Jersey, so I can get it anywhere. It's got a jellyfish on it. Purple people eating jellyfish. Now, this one hardly has any taste. This has an interesting color to it. Do we... Jeremy, do we have COVID? We lost our taste. Say, Three of the four beers have had very little taste. Oh, no. We might have COVID. We might have to do podcasts 33, 34, 35, 36. Remotely. Just knock them all out. Just do them all tonight (laughs) for the rest of the year. Bonus shows, I believe they call those. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so my next band, my last band, is Gentle Giant. Uh, They were a British progressive rock band. This band actually were only active for 10 years. Wow. Really? 1970 to 1980. 
Uh, the band were known for the complexity and sophistication of their music and for the varied musical skills of their members. All of the band members were multi-instrumentalists. And although not commercially successful, they did achieve a cult following. Now, the core band was brothers Derek Shulman, and he is currently 75. Phil Shulman, 85. 85, yes. And Ray Shulman, 77. So they are still alive. They just stopped making music in 1980, right? They put out 12 albums. Now, the first 10 albums are very progressive, almost experimental. like to compare sort of to Frank Zappa as far as musically. I, I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind. Like a rock band, jazz, just totally, you know what I'm saying? When you go in the studio and you just start playing, <laughs> start playing stuff. It's weird, though, but the last two albums were more mainstream sounding for some reason. Now, this is not the first time I heard of this band, and I want to give a shout out to this guy. His name's Derek Higgins. I want to say he's from Oklahoma. He is a musician. He's a bass player. He's been doing videos on YouTube for over 10 years. He sits in a room. He's got all his albums, like a wall full of albums. Nice. He's always buying vinyl. He's probably, I'd say he's at least in his 70s. That's where I learn about these bands I've never heard of before. Nice. And he's into the progressive music and the more, let's say, stranger music. But he's definitely not into any mainstream. Like, he won't be telling you about a Dave Matthews album. Okay. So he, he talked about this band a couple times, Gentle Giant. So that's how I found out and I checked them out. They kind of grew on me because I'm not the biggest progressive rock fan. I, I like Rush. One band I do not like, and I don't know why, is Yes. I just love Yes. I do not like Yes. Maybe it's his voice. I don't know what it is. By 1976, this is six years in, Gentle Giant had become a well-established live act in America and Europe, touring persistently and sharing stages with anyone from Shanana <laughs> to progressive rock contemporaries such as Jethro Tull and Yes. I love both of those bands, Jethro Tull and Yes. So the band's notoriously virtuistic live act featuring rapid-fire instrument swapping and demanding rearrangements of the already complex studio pieces made a powerful impression on audiences. And they said that meaning that Gentle Giant could equal almost any act on the bill that they were playing with. In 19, one show in 1975 at Detroit's Cobo Hall saw them steal the show from both Gary Wright, he's yeah. the guy that sang Dreamweaver, yeah. And Rick Wakeman, who was headlining. Kobo's a nice place to see a show, by the way. Oh, yeah. You've, <laughs> you've probably been to Detroit. Yeah, I went to school yeah, in yes, Michigan. So yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Kobo is right by Ford Field and uh, Comerica Park. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very nice yeah. concert venue. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Rick Wakeman was in Yes, or he is in Yes. Okay. Not familiar, with, but I know that name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you wonder why there hasn't been a band called No. No, there might yeah. be. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. K-N-O-W or N-O. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the band broke up in 1980 and never fully reunited, despite having seen many of their progressive rock contemporaries reunite for tours 
Gentle Giant are notable for having consistently refused to reunite as a full band. Asked about a possible reunion in 1995, Phil Shulman replied, We lead such disparate lives now and different lifestyles, different attitudes. I think it's impossible. It almost sounds like the police. Didn't they have a similar thing about why they wouldn't get back together? I don't know. I thought about this, but this band... If you if you go listen to them, it's even amazing that they did live shows because it's it is complex music. Imagine we're talking about 1995. This is 15 years after they disbanded and went on to different things, but to relearn songs. And I was thinking about it. It's not like Poison. <laughs> we need to relearn Unskinny Bop. And do, 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 do. yeah, every rose has every rose has a thorn. What three chords are those? You know, yeah. it's not. <laughs> so this is more complex than bands like that getting back together after a long time. Brett Michaels, we love you. But 1997, the Gentle Giant fan base unsuccessfully attempted to persuade the members to perform a reunion concert. Again, reasons cited were members for their rejection include busy schedules, health problems. Lack of practice on instruments and other personal reasons. What happened to the brothers, right, after they decided we're not doing this anymore? So Derek Shulman, he went on to a successful career in the organizational side of the music business. Initially promotion and artist development for Polygram, followed by A&R at Mercury Records. He became president of Atco Records after which he became president of Roadrunner Records. So he kind of stayed in the music business. Ray Shulman moved into soundtrack work for television and advertising before becoming a record producer, working with, among others, Echo and the Bunnymen, Jeremy, <laughs> the Sundays and the Sugar Cubes. You know what the Sugar Cubes are? No. The Sugar Cubes was the band that Bjork was in before she went solo. Bjork. Yeah. Right. I love the Sundays, too. If you had never heard of the Sundays, check out the Sundays. They only had three albums out. Anyway, getting off track here. (laughs) So he wrote uh, soundtracks for computer games, as well as producing DVDs for artists such as Genesis and Queen. Phil Shulman, he retired entirely from the music business. He went on to work as a teacher, got into real estate, and he ran a gift shop in the UK before his retirement. Here are some songs to check out. On Reflection, it's from the 1975 album Freehand, part acapella, acapella harmonies, part folk. The song's mostly kind of bare, but it ends with progressive rock, and the guitar doesn't come in until the end, so it's interesting how the song progresses, or is really, like I said, bare minimums till the end. There's a song called Knots from the 1972 album Octopus. Now, this is a very, this is the strangest song I may have ever heard. (laughs) If you can get through this song, you can listen to anything else by this band. So maybe do this as a test, okay? Uh, There's weird beginning harmonies reminding me of the Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka. And to add to the weirdness, someone had to have said we need some xylophone in the mix. So there's xylophone in there. It's always fun. Song Proclamation, I actually like. It's from 1974, The Power and the Glory. So that weird song. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you think back, I think it was our Christmas podcast, or or did we do creepy... We did creepy songs or something. Mm -hmm. You had a very, very disturbing song 
about a guy. Yeah, Psycho. Yes. Which which is creepier, this it, song or that song? Uh, the Psycho song. Okay, so it's not. What we're cr- talking about is a song called Psycho by Eddie Nowak. Yes, from the fifties. Yes, very disturbing. This is not disturbing lyrics; it's just disturbing sound. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just very odd. Even for progressive rock. So proclamation, I liked uh, Derek Shulman's voice. A lot of times on some of these songs I listen to, he sounds like Steve Winwood. So he's got a pleasant voice. Then we have The Runaway from 1973, 1973's In a Glass House. Now it starts with Breaking Glass. And what I found interesting about this one is that the glass breaks and you hear it again and it goes into a beat with the glass. And the only person, there's one person I remember from the 80s. My friend Steve was really into this guy called Fad Gadget. Okay. Okay. So he would use household items and remember he had a song with a drill. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the first person to do that. So this is interesting, the beginning with the glass and then the, the glasses, it, they make it into a beat and then it goes into the song. It doesn't continue. And I did find out that the album, because I didn't listen to the whole album, it's called In a Glass House. Mm-hmm. It starts with the breaking glass and ends with the breaking glass. So it's a whole, there's the concept. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to listen to the more mainstream progressive, A Cry for Everyone from 1972's Octopus, it's actually a good rock and tune. And again, Derek Shulman, Steve Winwood. It's a good tune. It's not weird. It's, yeah, it's good. Also, it's weird, but 1978, they came out with the album Giant for a Day. And the entire album is, I like this album the most. It's the most mainstream of them, of them all. Except for one song, and it's called Spooky Boogie. <laughs> it reminded me of like Nightmare Before Christmas, like that. It could have been in that movie, the Tim Burton movie. Piano, some weird sounds, screaming. There's a xylophone in there. Good Halloween song, you know. Check that out. But check out Giant for a Day if you want to. That's like favorite album of mine from them. So again, Gentle Giant. Before I get into my final band, I want to kind of real quick, we, we picked these bands off of a list. I don't know where the list mm-hmm. came from. I made up the list. You made up the list. Okay. I went into, I'll tell you how, I went into Wikipedia, albums that came out in 1972, because it's 50 years ago. Okay. And I actually just went through every band and picked out bands that I didn't hear of or didn't know much about. Got and it. And made it into a list. So okay. that's where it came from. Okay. So, I was going to throw a quick little shout out to a band called Extreme. Mm-hmm. That is a very forgotten band. Isn't the, that 90s? It, it's 80s, 90s, yes. Okay. They were, they formed Oh yeah, I loved Extreme. Yes. Yeah. So, Gary Sharon actually was, little known fact, lead singer of Van Halen for one album. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> uh, he did not, obviously, make it very long, but Nuno Betancourt is a phenomenal guitarist. They, my favorite album by them was Porta Graffiti. You know more than words, like that was mm-hmm. played all over oh, the radio. Yeah. And I think Wholehearted was their other big one. But they were just a very unique rock band that they didn't have a lot of hits, but they're they're they just had a great sound. It was one of those bands I could listen to their album top to bottom and enjoy it every time. A lot of people forget about them, a lot of people don't know them. They weren't on the list, but I wanted to give a shout out. My final band that I selected 
for the longest time confused the hell out of me because <laughs> I thought that their hit song was sung by somebody else. Okay. Band is Mott the Hoople. Mm-hmm. Their biggest hit is All the Young Dudes. Yeah. And I always thought that was David Bowie uh-huh. singing. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So the first time I ever found out that it was anybody not named David Bowie, I was blown away by it. Mott the Hoople, they are an English rock band formed in Herefordshire, England. Herefordshire. Yes. Originally known as the Doc Thomas Group. They changed their name after signing with Island Records in 1969. The band released a ton of albums throughout the 70s, but failed to find any kind of commercial success. They were considering breaking up when they were encouraged by David Bowie to stay together. So I thought David Bowie was singing All the Young Dudes. He wasn't, but he did have influence on this band. He actually wrote the song. Yeah, I was going to say. All the Young Dudes <laughs> for Mott the Hoople, which became their that makes sense. Their biggest, yes, their biggest success. That came out in 1972. Subsequently, Bowie produced an album of the same name for them, which helped to continue their success. They, uh, they were still active as of 2019. So that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Members right now, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight members currently listed. That seems like a pretty large band, but Ian Hunter, Ariel Bender, Morgan Fisher, James Mastro, Steve Holly, Mark Bosch, Paul Page, and Dennis DeBreezy. Past members include Pete Overend Watts, Dale Buffin Griffin, Verdon Allen, Mick Ronsone. Ray Major, Nigel Benjamin, Steve Hyams, Mick Ralphs, and Mick Bolton. Despite all the changes, the band had some success with Mott and the Hoople. Lead singer Ian Hunter departed in 74, after which the band's fortunes began to dwindle. They remained together with continuing changes until they finally decided to break up in 1980. They started having reunions in 2019, 2013... You know, just kind of like mm-hmm. get together reunion bands. Ian Hunter's got to be up there in age. Yes. I thought it was interesting that David Bowie was a huge fan of the band. He he didn't just help them out. He was legitimately like their fan club president. Yeah. <laughs> After learning that they were about to, to to split apart, he persuaded them to stay together. I said I mentioned mm-hmm. that he wrote, you know, all the young dudes. Yeah. He actually offered them the song Suffragette City from his CD that wasn't released at the time, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. (laughs) So he actually offered to give them that song. Could you imagine? Because I like David Bowie, and that's actually my favorite David Bowie Mm -hmm. song. So I I can't even imagine if somebody else would have sung it. The album Sea Diver sold really well and hit number 21 on the UK albums chart. They had seven studio albums, nine live albums, 15 singles. Uh, The studio albums, first released in 69, consisted of uh, Mott the Hoople, Mad Shadows, Wildlife, Brain Capers, (laughs) All the Young Dudes, Mott, and the Hoople. They they did have one live album that was really enjoyable, released in 1974. It was just called Live. Uh, it hit number 23 in the U.S. on the top Billboard chart, so that was... I enjoyed listening to that. I was actually pleasantly surprised how they sounded live. 
because they didn't, they were one of those bands that definitely tried to make their music unique. So you didn't just hear a Memorex on yeah. stage. And they were in their prime. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So you had some songs, some singles that I would recommend. If you haven't heard all the young dudes, I mean, it's not the greatest song. It's a very repetitive song that's kind mm-hmm. of done over and over and over again, but it's, it's enjoyable. That hit number three on the UK billboard. One of the boys was a good song. Honolulu Boogie was a fun <laughs> song to listen to all the way from Memphis. Roll away the stone. The Golden Age of Rock and Roll. That kind of reminded me a little bit of, you know, the song God Gave Rock and Roll to You Mm -hmm. by Kiss. Just a different kind of off-the-path song written by a rock band. Foxy Foxy was a fun song. Saturday Gigs. And then I enjoyed Shouting and Pointing. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I mean, I thought Mott the Hoople was kind of a one-hit wonder, which Mm -hmm. essentially they, they kind of were, but... Listening to their albums, I didn't get sick of listening to any of the music. Um, I didn't get bored while I was listening to the music. I didn't find myself wanting to skip the songs. I didn't necessarily find an album that I wanted to keep listening to, if that makes any uh-huh. sense. But it, but I wasn't like bored with it either. So, mm-hmm. so is it mostly straight up rock and roll? Yeah, it's pretty much all rock and roll. It's very similar to David Bowie, which is probably why he was such a fan and... I think Ian Hunter had a, might have been the Ian Hunter band or something. I think he had his own solo career. I don't know if he had any hit. Not sure. (laughs) I mean, I was surprised because, like I said, I only knew all the young dudes. But I I walked away from here, I rattled off, what, nine or ten songs that I enjoyed that I would recommend to listen to. And each album was very similar, but enjoyable. Not, Mm -hmm. Not boring, not anything, I don't know. It reminded me of Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, but I love that album to the point where I could keep listening mm-hmm. to that again. Yeah. This, I enjoyed the album, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to it over and over again. Yeah. So. Okay. So that does it for the podcast. And again, I'd like to remind you we're changing the name in September to No Good Music. K-N-O-W. Yep. K-N-O-W. We're getting rid of the Jim and Mike. If you follow us or subscribe, I guess, on Apple Podcasts, you don't have to do anything because we're just changing the name. All the past podcasts will be on there. Just a name change, logo change. Putting up a new sign in the studio soon. Got it in the box over here uh, for the interviews. If you want to email us, uh, we'd like, you know, your suggestions, uh, anything you want us to talk about, any subjects you I always have ideas in my head what we're going to talk about. So, but we're up for suggestions. And uh, if you're in a band, artist, singer, and you've recorded songs, an album within the last two years, email us. Uh, email us your website, social links to Instagram, Facebook. We'll check out your music. If we like you, we'll uh get in touch with you if we don't like you you'll never hear from us (laughs) yeah if you don't hear from us uh we probably don't like what you you know doing uh we may want to interview you if we really like your music and uh you know we do our interviews on zoom could be 10 minute interview 15 whatever no good music podcast at gmail.com so thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed the show we'll be back in september and hopefully a new interview again Thanks for listening. 
Ciao. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, Seven Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts.